Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 6, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Who are these people? did a report, and they said statistically, 100 out of every 100 people die. (laughs) You'll get that on the way home. You're like, everybody will die. And because everyone will die, our greatest need is the forgiveness of sin. This is the core of Jesus' ministry. Look at verse 38. Jesus said, Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. Now, this is one of those, another, listen, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. This is another one of those well-known, misunderstood, and misapplied verses. I heard a guy just last week say that this verse was about money. Anybody ever heard that this verse was about money? Good. That's a good number of you. That this verse is about money, they said. They said if you give money, people will press it down, shake it, and put it in your bosom. Now, I can tell you something. I've been a Christian for 26 years. I can tell you No one has ever put money in my bosom. (laughs) I don't even know if I have a bosom. (laughs) This has never happened. Now, you got to understand something. Saints, I always tell you, this is why I always tell you, please smarten up. Buy a clue. Context, 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 context. Jesus is not ADD. I've told you that before. I'm telling you now. Well, somebody please tell me why would he be talking about judging other people or not, forgiving of sins, and then all of a sudden start talking about money? It doesn't make sense. Context, context, context. People will lift scripture out and say, this is what it means. I've told you how to handle that. What you do when somebody lifts a scripture out and says, oh, yeah, press down, chicken together. We'll be running over, put in your bosom. You say, really? Well, let's read the first five verses and read the next five verses. That's 11 total verses. Guarantee you, you read them, you will get it in context. Can more than four people say amen? Amen. Context is 
everything. Jesus is saying, remember to be forgiving because the same measure that you measure or you forgive, forgiveness will be extended to you. If you want forgiveness, then you must be forgiving. So we should forgive people like God has forgiven us and don't hold things against them. And yes, you'll remember it. We talked about it last week, but don't use it against them. You know, there was a guy was talking to his friend and he said, every time I get into an argument with my wife, she gets historical. Well, the guy said, you mean hysterical? He said, no, historical. She brings up every bad thing that I've ever done. Listen, ladies, this one's for you. If you want to ruin your marriage quick, get historical. Right? Some of y'all are already hysterical. We can't do nothing about that. <laughs> but historical, that's not good. You don't remind him of what he's done because God doesn't remind you of what you've done. How unfair is that? And that's not just for the ladies. Fellas, same thing for you. That works two ways. The Bible says submitting one to another. Uh-huh. Some of y'all ladies like, that's right. <laughs> Don't do that. That's not, you can't be anything. Nothing is more like Satan. Satan reminds you. Do you know God never reminds you of your past? Never. He says, I cast your sin and see and forgetfulness never to remember it anymore. He never reminds you of your past. If you're ever reminded of your past, that's the devil. And when Satan reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. (laughs) Did you hear me? Remind him of his future. Don't do that. That's nothing more unlike God. Now notice in verse 38, in context, you know, it doesn't apply to money. I don't believe that, but I do believe it's true concerning money. I do. I mean, I believe when you give to God, God will give to you. Can you say amen? I do. I believe that. I don't understand it, but I believe it. There's a lot of things I don't understand, but I believe. I don't understand gravity, but I'm being held down right now. I I don't understand women, but I'm married. (laughs) I don't understand engines, but it doesn't stop me from driving the car. And I don't understand if I give, God will give back to me, but I live by it and I believe it. As Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, 6, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly and he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Notice in verse 39, Jesus says, can the blind lead the blind? They both fall in the ditch. You see, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees because they were blind. They were blind to mercy. They were blind to truth. They were blind to righteousness. They were hypocritical and judgmental. And Jesus says, if you're going to lead others and you're going to need to set an example, if you're blind to God's way of living and you try to lead others, you both fall in the ditch. Parents, this one's for you. How will your children know how to follow Jesus If you don't, don't you understand? Children, do not listen to a word you're saying. Parents, please say amen. Amen. They don't listen to a word you say. They watch everything you do. Everything. 
everything, every phone call you make, they're listening. They're not trying to listen. I mean, not, not for the most part. Not, not unless your kid is kind of crazy. But I mean, I mean, they're not there, but they hear. They're in the house. They have to hear. And they hear you talking, gossiping, or whatever it is. They also hear you praying and encouraging. You got to understand your witness is huge. Notice in verse 41. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but you don't perceive the plank in your own eye? This is hilarious. And I'm sure that Jesus is, ha- don't y'all know Jesus had a sense of humor? And I'm sure that he's having fun with this one. And when these words came out of Jesus' mouth, I'm sure the disciples are probably holding back laughter because Jesus is painting a picture. This guy comes up and he says, hey, you see this hair in my eye? And he says, yeah, I see it. But he has a 12 by 12 sticking out of his eye. So the other guy says, listen, if you want to help me with the hair in my eye, then remove the 12 by 12 out of your eye. Makes sense. In other words, get rid of the judgmental attitude and your vision will sharpen right up. You see, the Pharisees were ophthalmologists and all they worried about is a traditional speck that was in someone else's eye not considering their own sin. But isn't it true, as somebody once said, your sin always looks worse on somebody else? Isn't that true? Look at verse 43. Verse 43. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Now listen, it doesn't take a genius. Saints, give me your attention. Look at me. It doesn't take a genius to see that we live in a world of counterfeits and fakes. You can get a fake counterfeit everything. You don't know what folks is carrying. Everybody's in those purses. I'm trying to think of one. Louis Vuitton, Prada. You don't know whether this stuff's real or not. They got fake everything. You can get a Folex. That's a fake Rolex for some of y'all don't know. You can get get fake cubic zirconium. Give it to your girlfriend or wife-to-be. Hey, honey, I bought you a diamond. It's a big old rock. I bought you a diamond. Women, don't try this at home. Women can look at a cubic zirconium. I don't know how they do it, but they look at it and they go, you know what? That's a cubic zirconium. That ain't a real diamond. You need to take that back. That's not real. I think they have the real diamond alarm in their head or something. I don't know. But we live in a world where there's fakes. You can get fake wood finishes. You can get a fake Martian suit. We call that the Snuggie. (laughs) Y'all see nothing? Every time I see that commercial, I, I just... It creeps me out. I don't know why. And then they had a nerd to make it in a leopard print. I'm like, people, what will they not do for money? It looks like a Martian suit. It's weird, man. It's just weird. But you can get a fake everything. But listen, it's a sad thing when you have fake Christians with bad fruit. Jesus said, listen, you can really... You, you, you really can't fake fruit because if it's a bad tree, it's going to give you bad fruit. A bad tree, listen, rule of horticulture, 
A bad tree cannot produce good fruit and a good tree cannot produce bad fruit. And this is how you know what kind of tree it is based on the fruit that's hanging off the limbs. Verse 45, the same is true of a good man. If, if, a good, if good is coming out of his heart, then he's a good man. You can't fake that. If evil's coming out of his heart, you can't fake that either. Because out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we need to be fruit inspectors. If somebody says that they're a Christian, then we're to look for fruit. So often I think if somebody says we're, they're a Christian, we go, oh, well, great, you're a Christian. Well, wait a minute. If you're a Christian, then you are expected to act like a Christian. Why is it that we've let down that standard? We can say we're a Christian, and just because we say we're a Christian, that makes us a Christian. It was Jesus himself said that not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. It's because a person says they're a Christian. Listen, you can say you're a hot dog. I'm looking at you, I'm going, no, you're a person. No, I'm a hot dog. No, I'm a person. No, I'm a hot dog. I'm sorry, you can think you're a hot dog, but you're a person. You can say you're a Christian, but you're expected to act like a Christian. And when you act like a Christian, then fruit as a Christian will be born from your life. The fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the things that you should see born from the life of a Christian. And if you don't see those things, then I am just left to conclude that you are not a Christian. I know that sounds like, well, who are you? I'm nobody. The word of God says that. And, and someday, don't misunderstand me. I'm not the one doing the separating. And I'm not the one doing the judging. Are you listening? But someday, God will do the judging. And God will do the separating. But if you're a Christian, then you're expected to act like a Christian. Claim to be a Christian? Act like a Christian. Claim to be a Christian? And you're looking for a husband? Listen, single people, look for a Christian husband. Don't go to the Christian dating service. I told y'all I am as politically incorrect as they come. They got the Christian dating service now. Christian. I don't know why. I just honestly, listen, single sisters, wait on the Lord. I don't care how long you have to wait. You will be better to wait on the Lord than to marry someone who doesn't know Jesus, who doesn't love him as much as you do, because your life will be a living hell. You understand that? I'm not kidding you. I have seen it over as a pastor over and over, over and over, people getting zealous, going to these Christian dating services. I don't think that's good. And not only that, but you're not leaving room for the Holy Spirit. A computer matching you up is not the Holy Spirit. It's not good. Pray. Ask the Lord. Lord, I want to be married. Lord, I feel lonely. God will raise up someone. God will bring someone. You won't have to go find him. You won't have to go stalk him. I'm sorry. (laughs) Following the man and the vegetables and the groceries and the broccoli. And I'm working here. 
God will raise him up. And listen, if God has got to put you to sleep and create him from the dust of the ground, he's done it before, he can do it again. God will do that. But you've got to wait on the Lord. I've got to wrap it up. Look at verse 46. Look at verse 46. If you're looking at it, say amen. amen. But why do you call me Lord? Lord, and do not the things which I say. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on a rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Saints, listen, over and over, let me tell you this quickly. Over and over in the Hebrew language, in the Hebrew language, over and over, the repeating a name was an expression of intimacy. You might remember in Genesis twenty-two eleven, the angel said, Abraham, Abraham, just as he was about to kill Isaac on Mount Moriah. Jacob, Jacob in Genesis 46, 2. Exodus 3, 4. Moses, Moses, as God was calling him from the burning bush. You remember God calling Samuel at night. Samuel, Samuel, 1 Samuel three ten. David crying over his son Absalom, he said, Absalom, Absalom. Jesus dying on the cross, he said, my God, my God, Matthew 27, 46. Jesus said to Martha, 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 Luke 10, 41. Don't you remember in Matthew 23, 37, Jesus stood and he wept over Jerusalem and he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I would have desired to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks, but you would not. Names were repeated for intimacy. And Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things I say? You are saying something that is very intimate when you say, Lord, Lord. And there are people who will say, Lord, Lord. And they don't do what he says. And let me just tell you, if a person makes a profession of faith, it doesn't mean they possess faith. Just because you say you believe in Jesus doesn't automatically give you a free pass into heaven. Don't you understand that demons believe in Jesus? Are they going to heaven? No. Just because you say you believe in Jesus doesn't give you a free pass into heaven. That's the difference between religion and relationship. You see, Jesus didn't die to leave us another religion. He died to leave us life. And if you call him Lord, then you should do the things that he asks. Because calling him Lord and not doing what he asks is empty and meaningless. And Jesus says, the one who comes to me and listens to me, he will be like a man building a house who digs deep and lays a good foundation on the rock. And when the flood comes and the testings come and the trials come, are you listening? And they beat against that house 
It won't be shaken because it's built on the rock. But the person who only professes Jesus but does not possess Jesus, when the temptation and the trials come, you will come crashing down. Saints, listen, I close with this. This is how you know a real Christian from a foe, fake Christian. When you know Jesus, listen to me close, when you truly know the Lord, when storms come in your life, and trust me, storms will come in your life. Can I get an amen from the saints? Amen. Storms will come in your life. When the storm of unemployment comes, when the storm of a failed business, or the storm of cancer or sickness, or the storm of wayward children, or the storm of a divorce, All of these things will come against the believer, but the believer will stand. Why? Because when it's all said and done, the believer, we know in whom we believe. And we know my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. You see, the believer, we know that no matter what happens to us, listen, This is the glory, this is the comfort in being a Christian. That no matter what happens to me, it happens for my good and his glory. Write that down. It happens for my good and his glory, no matter what. And so when trials come, we stand. When trials come, we don't fail. We don't fall. We are not shaken. We are not moved. We will not give in because our faith is founded on the bedrock of Jesus. Can you clap your hands if you know what I'm talking about? Isn't that true? Conversely, I'm coming in for a landing. Conversely, the non-believer who doesn't have that hope, I feel sorry for you because this life is hard. I don't know how I got along without Jesus for 21 years. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't know how. I don't know how I did it. It was the mercy and the grace of God that got Pastor Rodney to I'm 40 something years old. <laughs> Most of y'all know how old I am. The non-believer, when problems come, listen, you can always tell. When problems come, situations come, storms come, my husband divorced me, my wife's leaving me, the kids are acting crazy, I just got unemployed, and and I'm losing my house, and, and I got an eviction notice. You know what happens when you don't know Jesus? Guess what happens? You stop coming to church, you stop worshiping the Lord, you stop reading your Bible, you stop being faithful to the Lord. That's what the non believer does, the one who only professes Christ. Are you with me? But the one who truly possesses Christ, when those things happen, you know what happens? We hunker down and we grab hold of Jesus like never before. It's true. It's true. And we hold on to him. Some people, well, that Jesus, oh, Jesus, he's just a crutch. Oh, you Christian, Jesus is a crutch. Let me tell you something. People told me that. You just use Jesus as a crutch. I'm like, yep. 
I sure do. He's a crutch. Yup, let me tell you something. Everybody gonna lean on something. What you leaning on? That's the question. Jesus is a crutch. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Say it again. Amen. Jesus is a crutch. But he's a good crutch. Because you're going to lean on something. Some folks lean on Vicodin. Don't shout me down. I know I'm right. Drinking, sex, drugs, rock and roll, whatever, rap, hip hop, new cars, new this. Something is your crutch. Everybody's going to lean on something. But for the Christian, my hope, I'll say it again, is built on nothing less but Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I lean on him. No matter what. And Pastor Ronnie has been through some stuff. I I can't keep you here to tell you how much stuff I've been through. And I'm still standing. Yes. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org.